Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. How are we doing tonight? Exchange. We're feeling good. It's good to be here. It's such an honor to be here. Chris and Mal, this is amazing. Can we put our hands together and thank Chris and Mal for leading this? And uh, Jill, Matt and Jill, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Can you put your hands together for your pastors? And uh, this, is, this is incredible. This is just the beginning of what God's doing out here. And, and I'm excited to see this continue to grow and to see your friends and your family meet Jesus because of an opportunity like this, to be able to come to a place like this. And so this is no small thing. You know, you, you, you have the honor and privilege of being a part of it from the beginning because uh, th- it's never going to be this size ever again. And so over the course of the years, you're going to look back and you're like, we were there. We were there in the beginning. So you'll have that claim to fame. But in the same moment, you can always look back and see how God can do more than you can ever think, hope, or imagine. Does anyone believe that? I'm excited to be here tonight. You can have a seat. As you do, just tell the person next to you, you're the best looking thing I've seen all night. Thank you. No, 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 you can. Just tell the person on the other side, the one you just ignored, that tonight is going to be a good night, and it starts with dinner on you after this. Are you happy with who you're sitting next to? This is your last chance to move, if not. This place is packed. This is awesome. This is incredible. Uh, like I said, my name's Diego, and uh, my wife and I, we pastor Hillsong Orange County, and it's an honor to be out here, but uh, I'm just going to talk about Jesus. Is that cool? Yeah. And, and I pray that tonight, if you came in here discouraged, that you would leave here encouraged. If you came in here with your head held low, you would leave here with it held high. This is family. I don't need much of an introduction. I call this my second home, so it's okay. It's good to be here, but Jesus is what it's always about. Jesus is what it's always been about, what it is about, and what it will always be about. And, and if you don't know Jesus, and if you haven't been around church, and you're not around the things of God, and this is new to you, it's okay. You can sit back and relax. There's, this is a place where you can belong. You don't have to believe before you belong here. You already belong. And I, I'm just a, a normal, yep, okay. I'm just a, just a normal human, and uh, I, I, just, I just love Jesus. Is that cool? So we're going to talk about Jesus for a bit. And uh, the, the reality about Jesus is that I need him always. You know, a church can't save your life. A good worship song. By the way, can we put our hands together for the amazing worship team? A worship song can't save your life. A preacher can't save your life. It's only Jesus that saves your life. 
It's only Jesus that can heal a sick body. It's only Jesus that can restore a relationship. It's only Jesus that can mend a broken heart. It's only Jesus that can make a way in your life where there seems to be no way. So I got good news. If you're going through hell or high water, if you're facing a situation or a circumstance that seems to be too big or too small, my God is willing and he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Jesus! He's with you, and he's for you, and I don't just need him on a Sunday. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus right here now. Every, every moment of my life, I need to be dependent on Jesus. I need Jesus now. Now. Just yell at the person next to you. Now. Now. Not just tomorrow, not just yesterday, but right here, now, I need Jesus. You know, I have two kids, and my son Rocky, he's one, and he's just, a, he's just this one-year-old stud, and he's just, he's dependent on me, his earthly father, every moment of his life. Like, he's one, you can't blame him, but he's always dependent on me. At 6 a.m., he wakes up way too early, and he cries out from his crib, Dad, Dad! And I have to get out of my bed, and I have to get him out of his crib because he can't get out of his crib alone. And then I got to make him breakfast because he can't make his own breakfast. And then I got to get him a bath, and then I got to put him in his clothes for the day. And that's all before 7 a.m. It's ridiculous. And I want to be a little bit more like that with my heavenly father. I want to be so dependent on God that, that every moment of my life, uh, I'm clinging to him. My son, when I walk, he'll just cling to my leg and hold on to it. It's ridiculous. It's like the best thing and the worst thing. It's like, I love you so much, but get off. Ridiculous. And then I have a three-year-old daughter who's just got it all figured out. She's done the journey, right? She's done three years, and she used to be dependent on me, but now she's got this new saying, and her new saying is, I got this. I got this. And I'm like, you don't got this. You're three. Like, she wants to help me make breakfast, and, and, and she can't even open up the fridge, but, but, but I have to do it for her. And then she wants to make eggs, and she wants to turn the oven on, and she's upset that I'm helping her out. And, and she's like, Dad, I got this. I'm like, you don't got this. You can't turn the oven on, lady. You're three. And then she wants to put the oil in the hot pan. I got this. You don't got this. And then she wants to crack the eggs. It's ridiculous. We're wasting eggs left and right. There's shells everywhere. And she says, I got this. You don't got this. Maybe this is just therapy for me. Thank you. You don't got this. The other day I was driving down by the beach in Orange County and I put her on my lap to hold the steering wheel while I drove and she would hit my hands off and she was upset. She says, I got this. I'm like, girl, you do not got this. But how often can that be us where we meet Jesus and it's like I need him every moment of my life and then just a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple years go on and we can get to the point in our lives where we got this. We don't got this. I don't know about you, but we need Jesus every single moment of our day. Jesus. You know, no one ever told me what it was really going to be like to have kids. You know, a lot of people say it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of work. But no one ever told me. I remember holding my daughter for the first time. And I thought to myself, as the nurse walked up, she asked a simple question. Are you guys taking the child home tonight or tomorrow? And I responded with, wait, we take this kid home? 
Like, you don't come with us. Like, this is, this is our kid forever. That's something that people never told me. They never told me that when you have a child, they're your kid forever. They never told me that they get sick every single day. They never told me that your kids cost a million dollars each. And I got two. They never told me, don't Google the symptoms that you see. I, my kid has a cold, I Google it, she's dying! It's ridiculous, but no one ever told me how much I would actually love my kids. How much my heart would explode when I see my daughter, when I see my son. There's something about the father, and you might have had an earthly father that let you down, but you have a heavenly father that loves you infinitely and is crazy about you. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is good news. I love that word, whoever. Why? Because it includes you, and it includes me. And it even includes the person sitting next to you. That God loved, that was a joke. God loved the world. God loves us so much. I love, that, I love that God didn't stand at a distance looking at humanity in our hurt and in our pain with no ability to work our way to him and say, I hope they figure it out. But no, God said, I love them so much, I'm going to send Jesus so that we can have a relationship and they can know me personally. Jesus it says in Romans that God, he went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant, but in his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disorderly mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. Come on, can we thank God for who Jesus is? This is good news that God, he loves you so much. So much he gave everything so that you could know him personally not just come to exchange on a Tuesday night and leave here and this is where God stays and you go to your work week and you go to your school, but know every moment of your life, you can have him with you. You can have a relationship with him, but here's the issue. The enemy doesn't want you to have a relationship. And John 10, 10 says the enemy, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I love Jesus because it says that I, Jesus, have come so that you can have life and life to the fullest. When the enemy tries to separate, God reconciliates. When the enemy tries to divide, God fights to unite. When the enemy tries to take you away, God tries to bring you closer. Every step of the way, our God is willing and he is able to do more in your life. And you can imagine God is so real and the person of Jesus is so real in every moment of our lives. We can have a relationship with him. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 39, I am absolutely convinced that nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thankable or unthankable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Come on, can we thank God for Jesus for embracing us? God doesn't want you to be at a distance with him. He gave everything so that you can know him personally. 
So if nothing can separate us from Jesus, then why do we feel at times so distant? That's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is having a real authentic relationship with Jesus and how do we do that. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10, I'm going to be reading from the message translation in verse 38, and it says this. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village, and a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. And she had a sister, Mary, who sat by the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. And later she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Martha had no chill. Tell her to lend me a hand. And the master said, which is Jesus, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Another translation says the many things. And one thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It is the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Essentially, what this passage of Scripture is saying is like, have you ever been to a restaurant? Maybe when you were growing up, this happened more frequently then than it does now. But you ever been to a restaurant and you got so full on the appetizers that by the time the main course came out, you had no room for the appetite? You know what I mean? Like you ate all the bread at Outback before your food came out. How good is the Outback bread? God, it's good. You ever been there, though? To Outback? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It's essentially what it's saying is let us not get so caught up in the many things that we have no room in our lives for the one thing only essential. That is Jesus. Jesus, the one thing only essential. Have you ever felt like you are two people in one body? Like there's the Christ like you and then there's like the world like you. Like there's the I'm going to church you, but my couch is mad comfortable you. Uh, like like there's the, the I'm following Jesus you, but the I don't got time for Jesus you. See, when I read this passage of scripture, I'd like to say that I'm, I'm Mary 100%, always only Jesus. But the reality is, is most of the time I'm Martha. I'm busy with the many things. I'm caught up with the many things in life. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been pulled away by the many things? Maybe it's school, maybe it's assignments, maybe it's family, maybe it's social media, whatever it is that tends to pull us away these days. Have you ever been pulled away by the many things? Because what I've discovered throughout my life is that without a constant desperation, you will always be at a constant distance. Without this constant desperation for Jesus, we'll always live at this constant distance. And the reality is a constant desperation requires a constant decision. According to research, the average human makes over 35,000 decisions a day. It's a lot of decisions, y'all. 35,000 a day? Come on, that's a lot. And out of those decisions, I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of bad decisions. In fact, the other night I was over at my friend's house and it got late. 
it was just me and the guys and we kind of got up to no good and, and things started to get weird and I started to make decisions that, that I don't normally make. I was vulnerable and I, and I made a decision I haven't even told my wife about yet. That night we ordered McDonald's. I ate a Big Mac. Some of y'all, I got, I got one of y'all. They're like, oh no, here he goes. I knew you weren't imperfect. I ate a Big Mac with fries and that's a sin in my house because I live in a vegan household ridiculous but the reality is we all make bad decisions <laughs> can I get an amen no <laughs> it's like that doesn't work we all make decisions in our lives and what I've discovered is that the decisions you make today determine the distance between where you are and where you want to be tomorrow wow. with your relationship with Jesus, it really comes down to a daily decision. It's, in fact, Jesus said one thing only is essential, and Mary has what? Chose it. Mary has chosen it. I don't know about you, but every single day of my life, I want to choose Jesus. I want to choose to be in his presence. I want to choose to learn more about him. I want to choose to understand the Bible. I, I want to choose to be around the things of God and not just be around the things of God, but be about the things of God. Uh, I don't want to just go through the motions of my ordinary average life just thinking about what's going to happen tonight for dinner, but I want to actually know Jesus personally. So the question is how? How do we do it? How? Have you ever left a service or left an exchange or left a moment like this and thought, man, that was good preaching, but that was a self-compliment. I'll take it. Uh, but how? But how do we do it? Huh? Like, how do we actually live this out? How? 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 <laughs> now? How? Like, How? I want to give you two decisions that we need to make daily. The first is this. You got to abandon the kitchen daily. <laughs> abandon the kitchen daily. Martha comes rushing in and says, Jesus, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen? I find it interesting that two sisters are in the same house, but only one of them sat at the feet of Jesus. Two of them had the same opportunity, but only one of them seized it which means you can be in the same room as the person sitting next to you and walk out with a totally different experience. And it comes down to your decision that you make. Each and every single one of us are given and allotted the same amount of time within a day. We all have got life, we've all got busy schedules, we've all got stuff to do, but we've all been given the same choice to make. Whether we're going to get caught up with the busyness of our lives or we're going to abandon the kitchen to be with Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that the many things aren't important and the many things don't need to get done. I'm just saying I don't want to get caught in the metaphorical kitchen of my life when the Savior of the world is sitting in my living room. And that every moment of our lives, we have this opportunity to meet with Jesus. And although you may not have Jesus literally sitting in your living room, and if you do, holler at your boy when you catch him in the street. 
But scripture tells us that he's actually living on the inside of us. He's alive, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure, Jesus, in earthly vessels. So what this means is that every moment of our lives, Jesus wants to be alive in that. That God's not just waiting for you to go through college and get your education and then he shows up. No, God wants to move in and through every aspect, asset, and asset of your life. He wants to know you personally. That in your classroom and in your household and in your conversations and in your car and in the loudest places and in the quietest places, God wants to be alive. And it also means that no matter where you go, God is with you and he is for you and he sees you. Not in a judgmental way with condemnation like, oh, shoot, you had that party. (laughs) No, but knowing that God, we've never been to parties, right? No, but knowing that God actually wants to go with you because he has compassion for you and he wants to live alive in you and speak to and through you so that you can be all that God's called you to be. In other words, it doesn't just happen here on a Sunday or on a Tuesday. God even wants to encounter you on a Wednesday and on a Thursday and any other day that ends in Y. Jesus is alive, and it's our decision to abandon the kitchen. So the question is, will we go through this constant crazy life, getting caught up with the many things, or will we make daily decisions to abandon the kitchen? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love this passage of scripture because Jesus gives us the opportunity to walk with him and to get away with him. And all the anxiety and all the stress and all the worry and all the pressures of this day, Jesus actually gives us a place to put it. Like, have you ever gone to a trash can and went to put something in and it was already full, so you just set it up on top? (laughs) Just your roommate, right? Not you, of course. I hate it, right? You open up the trash can, you're like, oh, no, now i got to take out the trash. Our lives at times can be like that, where it just piles up and it piles up and there's stuff that is in the metaphorical trash can of your life that no one even knows about and you're holding on to it, but Jesus gives us a place to put it. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Friend, don't carry around the stuff that you have every right to lay down at the feet of Jesus. The power of Jesus, the work, the resurrection of the cross, like this is available to us every moment of our lives. First Peter chapter five, verse seven says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. God, I'm thankful I got a place to cast my cares. Man, I got a place to take out my trash. I don't need to carry it around. I don't need to hold on to it. I don't need to let it fester. The stuff that I'm going through in my life, I have a place to lay it and it's the feet of Jesus. So when's the last time you got away with Jesus? When's the last time you took a moment to spend with Jesus? 
This leads us to another question again. How? (laughs) How do we then do that? I want you to write this down. Create space in your current state. you got to create the space in your current state, which means most of us are often looking for that perfect time. And the reality is it doesn't happen. Like there's never the most convenient time ever to meet with God, to get away with Jesus. It's not like all of a sudden your schedule's clear. You have nothing going on. The birds are chirping. The sun is out. You have so much money in your bank account. You don't know what to do with it. It's fantastic. (laughs) Then your Bible just falls open to that perfect scripture. And that worship band that played tonight is just standing in your living room. Just, yes. (laughs) That never happens. You have to create the space in your current state. Jesus walked into their house into their life, into what they were already doing. And he gives you an opportunity to have time with him on a daily basis. You gotta create the space. Like, have you ever gone and take a phone photo on your phone and there's no space? It's like the biggest first world problem ever. It's like, ah! And then you miss the moment, because what do you have to do? You gotta delete the photos, right? And you delete the videos, because they have way more storage space. Right? Am I the only one with an iPhone? (laughs) You got to create space. And how often in our lives are we missing moments that we could have captured had we had some space for God Almighty to occupy it? Can we create some space in our current state? Psalms 46 verse 10 tells us to step out of the traffic. Take a long loving look at me, your high God. Uh, above politics and above everything. I love this passage of scripture. Step out of the traffic. Get out of the noise. Get out of the chaos. Step out of the social circle for a moment. Perhaps say to your friends, maybe tonight I'm going to hang back. Maybe be weird for one time, you know, and just be like, I'm going to spend some time with God tonight. That's weird, but it's awesome. (laughs) And your life, it will be full of 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 ease and peace and color and beauty because God actually wants to occupy the space that you create. So not just uh, abandon the kitchen, but the the second thing we must do as the band comes up is we must be with Jesus daily. (laughs) So we abandon the kitchen. I know it's simple. It's not super profound, but I promise it's If you apply it, it will be impactful, and it could actually change the trajectory of your life. (laughs) But abandon the kitchen, create the space, and then be with Jesus. Because the reality is this, is that most of the time, most of us in this room, if we have any space at all, we fill it and occupy it with things that are not Jesus. Let's be honest. We have 10-minute lunch break. What do we do? Our lunch break, what do we do? (laughs) Driving in the car somewhere, what do we do? You shouldn't, but you do it anyways. (laughs) We're on our social media constantly. Why are we connecting ourselves with things that never give us life? (laughs) Can we take moments in our day, create the space, and connect ourselves with life itself? Because Jesus came to give you life and life to the fullest. (laughs) 
Not so that you would just know him from a distance, but that you would know him personally. Real, authentic, genuine relationship. It said Mary sat before Jesus, hanging on every word he said. I remember growing up, my parents would sit outside. Uh, I would wake up every morning at like 7 a.m. And my parents are sitting by this little fire we had in our house in these two chairs. And they're reading their Bibles. And they don't talk to each other. They're just zoned in on their little Bibles. And they're just praying. And I just thought to myself, yo, that's mad weird. Like every day without fail. I'm like, I'm never doing that. Don't you all have better things to do? Like every morning, really? Like you're just reading your Bibles? Only to be 33 years old and be like, God, I need to do that more. <laughs> like little did I know that life was going to come at me that storms were gonna come my way. And if I build my life on the sand of this stuff, the sand of this world, I'm never gonna stand. But every single day of my life, if I build it on the rock, come the storms, come the chaos, come the pressures. Because of Jesus, you can stand the test of time. You can stand through the trials. You gotta abandon the kitchen to be with Jesus. The reality is even Jesus did this. He abandoned the busyness of what he was purposed and called to do to be with the heavenly father. It says in Luke 5, 15, it says, massive crowds continue to gather to hear him speak and to be healed from their illnesses. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. Wait, you're telling me that people had sickness, that there was illness, that there was need, that there was demand, that people's lives were hanging in the balance? Man, and Jesus in that moment was like, ah, oh, y'all gotta chill real quick. I gotta go be with the Father. Like this hurt me when, it, when I read it. Like you ever read a scripture and you're like, ow. Like what is going on in my life that is so important and so busy that I can't step away from it when the savior of the world is dealing with his purpose and his calling and he still steps away and says, I gotta go be with the father. Can we be the type of people that actually step away from the crowd and sit in the presence of God Almighty and be with Jesus? It says in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus actually tells us how to do it. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. You know what role playing is? Role playing is like when you get asked to pray at a Thanksgiving dinner. And all of a sudden you don't know how to pray. And you start going like, uh, Lord God, great balls of fire, Lord Jesus, Butterbur. you know what I mean? And you're like, that wasn't a good one. <laughs> like, what is a good one? Like, can we be honest? And it says, get away. It says, find a quiet and secluded place. Just be there as simply and honest as you can. This is Jesus. And it says, the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So what is prayer? Prayer is simply talking to God. <laughs> I went to like, what do they call it? Like children's school growing up in, in uh, what do they call it? Sunday school. Anyone go to Sunday school? 
by the only person on the planet that's ever been to Sunday school. And my, my, teacher, my teacher in Sunday school, her name was Bonnie Wade. That is a, that is a Sunday school name right there. Bonnie Wade. And every day, every Sunday I'd go to Sunday school, Bonnie would sit there and she would go, you got to pray and read your Bible. And I was like, girl, you're tripping. <laughs> you got to pray and read your Bible. And I'd come back the next week, you got to pray. And I'm like, Bonnie, this is too simple. We need to go deeper. <laughs> pray and read your Bible. Well, only to be 33 years old to be thinking, I need to pray and read my Bible. You know what Bonnie's doing? Bonnie's in her 70s. She's been married for over 35 years, and she's still following and loving Jesus. I want to be more like Bonnie. Hashtag be like Bonnie. Reading your Bible is just learning a little bit more about the God who saved you. The Bible can't save your life. It just tells you about the one who did. It's like if you were drowning out to sea and you have no hope to save yourself and someone came and they saved your life but they died in the act of doing so and you swept ashore and there was a book about their life, wouldn't you want to read it? Jesus didn't die for you. Jesus died instead of you. And to know him personally is to know God Almighty. Reading your Bible is just to know about the guy who saved your life. And prayer, like we saw, it's not just this rehearsed pre-request to God, like you got to get it perfect. It's getting to a quiet, secluded place, maybe in your car on the way home where no one's listening, and just telling Him about your day. And saying, God, this frustrates me. This is annoying. I hate that person. <laughs> maybe get honest. And maybe it's just crying out for help. Help! God! I got no food, I got no job, my pet's head's falling off. I need some help! Like, can we be honest before God? And then it says in, in Scripture, Matthew 6, 6, that you will, you will, you will begin to sense His grace. I read Psalms 23, one of the most famous passages in Scripture, but I read it in the Passion Translation. Can I read it to you? You don't have a choice. And, I, and when I read it, I was like, oh, I want that. Like, you know, Napoleon Dynamite, when the boat's put on the table, and it's like, oh, I want that. Like, that's, that was me when I read this scripture. I want that. And it says this in Psalms 23, the Lord is my best friend. I want that. <laughs> the Lord is my best friend. You ever been disappointed by a friend? <laughs> the Lord is my best friend. Why are we holding people to a perfect standard? They were never promised to be perfect. Your friends might let you down, but the Lord Jesus, he is your best friend. He is the perfect person. He's the one that never leaves you or forsakes you. So even just right there, the Lord is my best friend. It says, and my shepherd, I always have more than enough. Who wants more than enough? This guy right here. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Luxurious love, I want that. In his luxurious love, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace. I want that. Like, who needs more peace in their life? Like, in a world that's continuously and constantly battling anxiety and mental illness, who wants a little bit more peace in their lives? Your track, it takes me to an oasis. 
You know where you find an oasis? In a desert where there's no hope, where there's no water, where there's no life. Jesus, in the seasons of your life where there is no hope, brings an oasis of peace. And it's just sitting there waiting to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. I want to go there. That's where he restores and revives my life. I don't know about you, but I want my life even more so restored and revived. Anybody else in this place? Come on. I'll end with this story and we're done. My daughter, three years old, every single day I leave my house, she stands at the door waiting for her father, earthly father, imperfect, doesn't have it all right, to come home. She just waits. She just waits for dad to come home. And I step into my world, the busyness of my life and the chaos and all the stuff I gotta do while she waits on the other side of the door like a thirsty cat. You know, you ever seen it? Yeah. She's waiting there. And then all of a sudden, I'll, I'll open up the door, and she gets so excited. She's so passionate. She's so thrilled. She grabs me by the hand. She doesn't let my, my wife get a moment of my time, and she doesn't let my son get a moment of my time. She takes me straight to her bedroom. She shuts the door. She locks it, and she says, sit down. And I just kind of do this. Yes, ma'am. She says, sit down. She says, sit down. Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain. She doesn't say that. She says, play. Play with me. And it's in that moment as I'm sitting there with my daughter that Psalms 42, kind of verse 10 comes into my mind. You can be still and know that I am God. That, that, that this moment where my daughter is so desperate for her earthly father to spend time with her, to just sit in her bedroom, to be with me. God, I want to live a little bit more like that, where every single day of my life I can bring our heavenly father, God almighty, Jesus, grace with skin on, God in flesh, into my life and say, sit down. Sit down. I need time with you. This world is too crazy for me to do on my own. The calling and the passion is too much for me to bear on my own. My assignments and my education, I need your grace and your wisdom and your peace. God, let us never be the type of people that continue constantly going on and doing things without Jesus. Let us be always only about Jesus, the presence of God moving in our lives. Come on. In Jesus' name, you can stand to your feet. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.